I had to call my mom this week because I didn't know where I was baptized. She, and she told me on my head, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. My mom told me I was baptized at Faith United Methodist Church up 270 in Rockville, Maryland. I don't remember being baptized, and I haven't set foot in that church in over 34 years. I don't remember playing in the nursery at Faith United Methodist Church. I don't remember being shushed in the sanctuary during worship. I have no idea where the baptismal font is or moved to on special Sundays like today. I don't know during which service I was baptized, and I couldn't tell you what hymns were sung or what the choir sang. And this is not an uncommon confession for those of us who were baptized as children or infants. Many of us don't remember our parents' pledge to raise and nurture us in Christ's holy church, or the congregation's response to surround us with a community of love and forgiveness so that we might ourselves grow in service to others. I don't remember the water dripping off my head into my eyes. I don't know if I was, if I had water sprinkled on my head or if I was a pour over. I don't know if I cried during my baptism. Today, reading Matthew's account of Jesus' baptism is an invitation to each of us to remember our own. Or if we haven't been baptized yet, to anticipate our own baptism. And now during this impromptu therapy session, I find myself in with you this morning. It seems ridiculous for us to ask you to remember your baptism. If you can't remember what you did last week, last month, or last decade. In asking you to remember your baptism and be thankful, our pastor Ed and I being unfair and setting unrealistic expectations? Are we inviting you to lie during worship? To lie in the sanctuary? The four Gospels in our New Testament, they disagree on a lot of things. Mostly details of events like the location and the timing. Often they don't match from book to book. Or some events are omitted all together, left out. All four of the Gospels do tell us, though, that Jesus was baptized by John. Baptized alongside empire-colluding tax collectors and thieves and religious hypocrites. The Gospel of John leaves out the Nativity, while the Gospel of Mark leaves out Easter. Matthew and Luke will add to what Mark has left out, while John is off doing whatever John's doing on his own. But all four of the Gospels agree that Jesus was baptized and he was crucified. Jesus arrived on the banks of the Jordan River and asked his cousin John to baptize him. John's response to these first spoken words of Christ recorded in Matthew's Gospel they reflect John's understanding of just who Jesus is. I need to baptize you, and do you come to me? John had been calling people to repent. It means to turn away from their sin and to turn 
instead towards God, towards the righteousness of God. John's invitation to baptism was an invitation to a human act. John's offering of baptism in the Jordan River was a symbolic act and would not make you righteous before God. As the waters of John's baptism washed over the recipient's head, the weight and guilt of their sin remained. John knew who Jesus was. John knew that Jesus was without sin. And John knew that Jesus was righteous, that that Jesus was the righteous one. But Jesus was insistent that John would baptize him. And not because Jesus needed to repent or to turn towards God, but because Jesus was and is the righteous one the one without sin, and his baptism would fulfill all righteousness, meaning he would fulfill our need for righteousness. The judgment that John had been preaching to bring people down to the river, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near, his winnowing fork in his hand, and he, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn in an unquenchable fire, This judgment is precisely what Jesus took upon himself as the waters of the Jordan River washed over his body. Entering into the Jordan River, Jesus entered into the depth of our unrighteousness. And in doing so, the connection between his baptism and his crucifixion, his death, they come together. The two things that the Gospels, all four of them, agree on. It becomes clearer as Jesus emerges from the water And as he begins his ministry, assuming our unrighteousness on himself, Jesus would take that unrighteousness with him to the cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, Christ has done for us that which we we were and we continue to be unable to do for ourselves. Because of Christ, we have been made righteous. We are right before God. Our justification before God began in the Jordan River and was realized on the cross when Jesus died for empire colluders, thieves, and religious hypocrites. John's baptism of repentance was about soliciting a pardon for us from God. Jesus' baptism and our baptism into his death and resurrection is about the work completed by God. The waters of baptism, the waters of Christ's baptism are not a solicitation. No, we are celebrating that in Christ we have received the pardon we could have only hoped for. And we now claim the name of beloved child of God. The water that we sprinkle or we pour or we're dunked into it may look sentimental. After all, most Sundays, the baptismal font is well-placed in the middle of the sanctuary so that when you are baptized, the light from the sun comes in from the east windows, shining in, hitting the pastor just perfectly so when your family takes those pictures, we look as best as we can. But this water... It's outrageous, and frankly, this water is offensive. 
Because attached to these waters, attached so much that it cannot be filtered or strained away, is that because you have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection, you are forgiven. You are clean. You are righteous. Your sins, all of them, every single one, including that one that you committed 30 years ago that you have not forgiven yourself for, it's been washed away. It is done. It's been completed for everything, for everyone, full stop. There's no asterisks. There's no if-then prerequisites that have to happen. Because you have been baptized into Christ, you are no longer your sin. You are no longer what sin and death call you. In these waters, you have been clothed with the righteousness of Christ, and you have been given a full pardon. Christ took your, Christ took my unrighteousness upon himself. He was nailed to the cross and he walked out of the empty tomb, leaving behind our sin and that which we thought separated us from God. Professor James Torrance puts it best. But it's not my water. It's not the church. It's not the minister, not my faith, not my own dying and rising, which and in us, or it is Christ. It is Christ who has done this for us and in us by the Spirit. So we are baptized in the name of Christ, not in our own name. We are baptized into a life of union with Christ, of dying and rising with Christ in a life of communion. I remember my kids' baptism. Camden was, born, was baptized at Aldersgate United Methodist Church over in Alexandria in February of 2014. I remember the clay bowl that was made a couple months prior to his baptism. Nora was baptized here back in November of 2018, just right over there. I remember pledging to nurture them, both of them in Christ's holy church. I remember your response and the response over at Aldersgate. I remember Camden crying, and I have pictures of Nora smiling and Camden crying in my, in my office. On Friday afternoon, I spoke with the pastor at Faith United Methodist Church in Rockville, Maryland. Come to find out, Reverend Norvell and I are friends from seminary. And so she asked the church secretary, and I was baptized on August 19, 1984. I was not yet two months old. My parents were really on the ball with the firstborn. After talking with Reverend Norvell, no memories were jogged, and I really didn't expect anything to come back. Not remembering our baptism our actual baptism, the moment it happened, it's squared up when we remember that the water that we entered into and the pastor pouring or sprinkling and praying, it wasn't the point. In your baptism, you were raised to new life in Christ. You have received a full pardon, not because of anything you did or because the correct prayer or words were spoken, not because of the severity of your sin or lack of. But you have been pardoned. 
You have been made clean because of everything Christ has done for you. The grace you receive at your baptism begins exactly where you and others tell you that it should end. 